Welcome back, everyone, to Talking It Out with Mike and Brian. And today's guest is someone we know and love, a woman from my hometown of Miami, Florida. She was on Ari's season of The Bachelor, as well as Bachelor Winter Games and Bachelor in Paradise seasons five and six. We're joined by none other than Bibiana Julian, talking about the importance of self-care in order to have healthy relationships. But like every episode, we got to get into hot takes. So I'm actually going to toss it over to Bibi, ladies first. Bibi, what is your hot take? Let's go. My hot take is uh, Benifer is back. And <laughs> Benifer is back. And I don't know how I feel about rekindling relationship with old flames. Oh, this is a good one. Would you do it or would you not? Bibi. So I think maybe a year ago. Okay. I would Ooh. say no. But after oh. the way that my, after the way that my last relationship ended, I would say I would, I may go the JLo route and, you know, get back. Is there the some form of comfort or, like knowing that person that is attractive? No, I th- okay. So I'll dive into a little bit. I was in a relationship. I called him like my COVID lover. Him and I had a very um, conscious relationship. And towards the end, it was I like very adult of us to kind of come to terms that it's, you know, it, our time has come to an end. Okay. But the way that we did the uncoupling was amazing. Like we saw a therapist, we had an entire uncoupling session. So like we set our boundaries and there's no like, we know exactly when we're going to talk. Um, there's no texting each other anymore. There's like clear and set boundaries. And so I never have experienced that before. So I think that let's say two, three years down the road, the way that that relationship ended, I would consider going back to someone like that. If, you know, the stars aligned again, if I felt, if we both felt like, you know, it was meant to be, then yes. Other relationships that I've had in the past, I cannot say that I feel the same. That's actually very interesting to me. So you basically Mm -hmm. saw a counselor to break up, not a counselor to stay together. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We kind of did both. So once we started, you know, I had a friend that told me like, oh, don't you think it's a little bit weird that you're a year in with this relationship and you're going to count, you know, you're going to therapy and I said, no, we're in our thirties. Like there's a lot of yeah. shit. I don't know. Can I curse? Like go, go a ahead. lot of baggage. Yep. Um, you know, I'm someone I've been engaged before. He had been engaged before. I think that when you, you are wounded from relationships, but you also need relationships in order to heal those wounds. So if you find a partner that's willing to see you and vice versa and understand like we are a mirror for one another, then taking that beautiful journey into like, let's explore how we can heal. 
Um, but ultimately for us, it really became that trust was a big issue that I had to work through. Mm -hmm. And then the distance was hard because we weren't wow. in the same location and work for him within the next year is going to be all over the place. And wow. I kind of felt like I, I feel rooted in Miami, like where my, where my soul needs me to be right now is to be in a stable place. Um, so we did both. We did counseling to kind of try to figure out how do we work through these things because we really love each other. And then once we decided, our therapist recommended we read Eight Dates. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, it's, these, it's a book about taking each other on these specific eight dates, but you're talking about really serious things. Uh, and after the first one, we were like, you know. <laughs> that's <laughs> a wrap. <laughs> like, this is not good. So we had a session where it's like, okay, how do we break up? Like, what do we need to do? And that was really nice. Like, I think one of the greatest expanding moments of our relationship was being able to sit down together in therapy and decide that like, okay, we love each other enough to know that it's time to walk away from this in a good space before we completely just begin to resent each other. So you That's broke so up maturity. Mm -hmm. So you kind of like you broke up amicably, but you left the door open for a potential future. Possibly. If it happens, it happens. I think at a subconscious level, you really got to tell yourself the relationship is over in order to actually heal and get to a better space. Because when you when you attach yourself to the what if, I think you kind of limit to yourself and your energy to what can possibly be around the corner. Yep. So yes. if this guy was not for me, if you, you know, if you're someone that believes in self-development and growth and energy, like if this guy was not for me, he was pretty close to what I would like in a life partner. And so if it's not him, that other one is right there and coming. You just got to yeah. trust, you know. There you go. So I like that. So in regards to the uh, the Benefer, do you feel that they could have ended amicably and things may have aligned to where, hey, let's just see what happens. So I think JLo is a savage. Um, <laughs> what did I say? I said that before. Her and Rihanna, biggest Dude, savages I, out there. I think I love savages, bro. <laughs> yeah, so there's two things that, there's two roles that you can take with this. You can take one where like, she's not giving herself the adequate amount of time to kind of like, you know, she goes from just one rebound. relationship to the other, right? Or, She's just like, life goes on. Love is love and life is too short to sit here and think that you have to wait for the right moment to be ready. My mom, for the longest time, said that Ben Affleck was the one that she was hung up on. She always used to say this. And so when, mm -hmm. they, when they got back together, she's like, I told you guys, this is the guy that always left her hanging. So. And I also kind of think she took the high road because the A-Rod drama with like him talking to other women and like all this stuff, that next week she was like, I'm with A-Rod, I'm with my man, we're happy. And then a few weeks later, she's like, dude, you gotta go, not for me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel J-Lo understands her worth and it's like, I don't got time to look, you know, to deal with this anymore. Well, I wanna know your thoughts on that too, Brian. Like, I don't, I don't even know if I want to know because you're married to my big sister. <laughs> if that were not the case, could you date a previous relationship? I think it all depends. Um, I think it depends on the context. Like, Bibby just talked about her last relationship and how 
you know, it ended well. Like I have relationships yeah. that, you know, maybe didn't end on the best of terms. And, you know, that's, you know, I didn't see them as maybe my life partner in, in the long run. So I'm not even thinking about that. Like, even if they came back in my life, I'd be like a little weirded out. Yeah. Right. But, you know, maybe somebody that I really held dear to my heart and, you know, I was really into and, you know, things ended, like we said, amicably, mm-hmm. like maybe, maybe there's a chance, but I'm all about moving forward and, you yeah. know, people change, people grow. And, you know, that was a, a, it was a different time in my life. So it's like, maybe we just wouldn't be compatible in today's day and age. You know what I mean? Uh, definitely. So I think that for me personally, exes are there for a reason, right? And they're an ex for a reason. Yeah. They're an ex for a reason. I do think that, you know, we should all be growing and changing and evolving and becoming better human beings. But like, I, I love what Bibby said in regards to if it ended amicably and there was like, you know, a very mature exit, I, I do got to give you that because I've never had something so mature like that. So I don't know all my situation. I, I like savage women, so they be coming at me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, you know, I never have to go through that. Right. The goal is to just find your person and just be with that person until, you know, God brings you home. But Brian, what was yours? Well, staying on the JLo theme, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Diddy basically, one of her other exes, Diddy posted a throwback Thursday pic of him and her back in the day and just put throwback Thursday. And as as we just spoke to Bibby about, she's apparently with Ben at the moment. So just to brief you guys real quick on the history of Diddy and JLo, they actually dated back in 19, from 1999 to 2001. And there was a huge incident. There was like a party in, in Manhattan where there was a fight and they had to get out of there and the cops found a loaded gun in their car and they were actually both arrested. Uh, JLo was cleared immediately, but then Diddy was, denied, was uh, detained, and, but he was eventually found innocent of all the charges, but obviously that put a little damper on their relationship and JLo actually admitted in, a, in an interview later on that he had cheated. Mm. So, you know, and Diddy's, Diddy's always been about JLo. He's actually mentioned that she's one of the greatest loves of his life in interviews and whatnot. I think they're still friendly to this day. He actually congratulated JLo on her engagement to A-Rod, right? So You're playing a long game. Yeah, but <laughs> my, my take is, JLo, don't fall for this messy shit. Like, this is just... This just looks thirsty AF on Diddy's part. I mean, the, like we said, like we just said, dude is an ex for a reason. He cheated, unlike Ben. I don't know. I feel like... Did Ben cheat? Because Ben has a history of cheating. I don't know if he cheated on J-Lo. That's, okay, that's some, some reconnaissance I don't know, that we so. need to find out. But, um, you know, my take is... Like, I want to know, what if somebody did that to you guys? Like, my take is absolutely not. Don't fall for the bait. But, like, let's say, Bibby, one of your exes from back in the day posted something on Instagram about you both or Mike, same thing goes for you. Some, some ex, you know, kind of want, just wants to try to rekindle things and that's the way they go about it. What would you it's do? It's clout. It's all for the clout. Period. Totally agree with you. Period. <laughs> I mean, JLo is in the hot seat right now, right? Everybody wants to know where she's at. Everybody's trying to get a picture with her and Ben in Miami. Like she's, she's it. She's always been it. But now more than ever, she has a lot of eyes on her because she's like, yo, A-Rod, you're out. 
<laughs> so I think this is Diddy's way of saying like, do she's back with Ben Affleck. Like, don't forget that I am the original guy, <laughs> you know, like she was, I remember being in middle school and JLo and, and Diddy were like the thing, you know, oh, before yeah. he was Diddy, they yeah. were the hottest couple. So I think this is just him being like, LOL. I don't really know if that's him trying to slide into her DMS or if he's just trying to get attention for the, from, you know, the world being like, don't forget, I hit that first. <laughs> Listen, I she hit it with the Ray J. I hit it first. <laughs> I, I, I gotta agree with you, Bibby. I mean, like I remember that time back in the day, and I mean, the paparazzi was all over the place. That's when uh, J Lo came out them. with the Versace dress on the <gasps> runway that basically still, you know, has people talking know. to this day. Um, but Diddy has never settled down like that like back in the exactly. day i believe she wanted yeah. a family she wanted like a family somebody to settle down with and i mean diddy doesn't seem to like the type he is a Wasn't bad boy for cassie life for 10 years yeah cassie for 10 years he's dated yes. Lori harvey he dated j-lo i mean he's dated some bad women i can't okay? believe boy dated Lori harvey how you date your isn't son's she, girlfriend Listen. isn't she like 12 yeah he's <laughs> dated him young he's dated him older yeah he's been all over but he's never really settle down with anybody and you know that's what she wanted back in the day and it's like i i agree with you diddy he's in it for the cloud i think diddy, all he's diddy. Doing, <laughs> diddy and baby all he's doing is trying to get i feel like back in her pants and listen i think women and men sometimes do this it's kind of like to stroke your ego like do i still got it right like can why are we not I giving reach? that same energy though to ben what's affleck? that why are we not giving that same energy to ben affleck though but that's what I'm saying. I think it's all about context. Like, mm -hmm. Diddy cheated. It was maybe a little bit more toxic, possibly. Ben Affleck, I don't know. Maybe she felt differently. They were actually engaged, that's right? True. That's true. They were true. actually, like, they took it the next step. So he actually committed, but I don't know what the situation was. I don't really know why they broke up, but it's clearly different because she's back with them now. I, I mean, don't think I'm taking years, my years. You wouldn't? I don't think so. Like, nah. I ain't gonna front if my ex like, if she was on on Diddy's level. Any ex, any ex. It po nah, straight up no. But if my ex posted me for a Throwback Thursday, I'm gonna be flattered by it, and I'm gonna be savage. You be like, you ain't getting this dick no more. Oh, <laughs> right in the right in the comments, Mike <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> Mike Johnson with the savage comment. Oh man, that's funny. I would repost the photo on my stories. And cue in Ariana Grande. Thank you. Next. Oh, <laughs> savage, savage move. Hey, right there. You got to meet Savage with Savage. I love it. <laughs> but do you guys agree with Seriously? me? Like as far as the like, he's just he's he know you. We know he's not going to commit. Like he's kind of just, just doing like, let me just see what I can get away with if I can get back with her. Because I think a lot of people do that, even if it's just dating. Like I'll admit, it, has there ever been a person in your life that you never really saw them long term, but you kind of kept them Yo. around hanging a little bit, you know, just to see if you still had it. I think we've all done it. Women and men do it. No, I don't know. No, I, I, I have not. I have not. I'm too Thank much you, of Bibi. a lover. Say it again. <laughs> I, I am. My mom always said that I had this idea. Even I remember having my first boyfriend and my older sister giving me shit about, sorry, I keep saying the S word. You can say giving shit. Me, yeah. She would give, 
there was this one time when she's like, you, you think you're going to marry him? And I told her, and I was like, isn't that the point? What's the point of relationships if you can't fantasize about being with someone forever? And I was, a, I was a young girl. Now, I'm very different now. I used to think before that being in a relationship was everything in the world. Like, it, once you had a relationship, all your problems were solved. I was very naive, and I lived under a rock. Cinder, I ate that Cinderella story for breakfast. And now that I'm in this space of like, you know, very evolved spiritually and mentally, and I know what I'm looking for, I do feel like I don't, I still don't just date to like kill time. I agree. You know, yeah, like I, I think once you get to that, like you get to a certain level in your life where it's like everybody that I'm dating I have to look at as a potential future mate, correct? Yeah. Brian, I want to I want to be clear because I, I don't want to lie, right? I have had people in my life that I've been straight up and been honest. Like, look, I don't see this as a relationship. I don't see it going anywhere. And they have told me back, can we continue to do this one aspect of it? Right. What aspect mm, is that, Mike? Friends with benefits. <laughs> we all know friends we all grown folks, right? And so I personally have found that I've done, I've done that aspect right there, right? But I haven't done the, I'm dating you just to kill time. Cause to me, that's disrespectful. No, yeah. I'm talking about like, has there ever been a time where it's like, you're, you've been lonely and you call up that friend with benefits. I think we And it's like, that. you kind of like keep, and they're maybe, hope, they're maybe hoping you change your mind. Like, oh, he hasn't called me in three months and now he's calling me. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, maybe there's something there. Maybe he changed his mind. But in reality, it's not really. I just, I just, my word is just lonely. <laughs> word is bond. If I say, I never intend for this to go anywhere. Uh, you know, we can stop talking. This is the reason why. That's a wrap. And you come at me and be like, yo, I still need an itch every now and then. And you got to scratch it. I think that's different. It. Baby, I'm just being extremely honest. No, I know. I mean, it is It is what it is. Like anyone, yeah. you, we can't play like, we can't pretend that that's not happening. You know, exactly. it's very, it's it's the world it's we like, live in now, you know? Like, okay, we're not going to be together forever. It's Yeah, it's a very hookup culture. I mean, I'm thinking back to like, the thing is, I've always admired my friends who can keep it casual. It's really difficult for me, and I've learned this the hard way. Um, for you know, it took me a really long time to identify that, like, I'm just not the girl to be able to keep it casual. I've tried to explore that because I've seen people do it, and I, I think I believe that, like, I'm not ready for a relationship. So what else? What else can I kind of play with? But the times that I play with fire, it burns, and so now that I'm at this state where, like, I actually understand why. For me, it works that way because naturally, biologically for women, the moment you're having sex with someone, you're attached. You're attached. Yeah. Whether you sure. want to believe it's it or not, exchange. you form. Yep. It is such an intimate experience. You start forming this like attachment. There are women that I literally give kudos to that you can, you know what it is. It's very black and white. But I think once emotions start to kind of get, you know, on both sides, on either side. It yeah. just gets messy. And most of the times from my experience, I'm not saying this is all the time. It's usually the male that can keep it casual. And the woman always gets to the point where it's like, 
oh, now I like this guy. See, baby, you know? this is the beauty of why we need that, that woman energy on our podcast because you bring a different perspective, and I absolutely love that, right? Yeah. Uh, about what you just said. There, there's some validity in I mean, sometimes it's definitely the man as well, right? That, And then when that happens, he be doing what did he be doing? Posting throwback Thursday. This is my baby. <laughs> Give me another chance. I know, right? All right, well, let, let's keep it moving, right? My hot topic of the day is not about J-Lo or Ben Affleck or P. Diddy. So I feel like I'm out of the loop. My apologies, guys. So my hot take for today is how do you manage conflict with people that you care about, people that you love, people that are superiors to yours, or just people in your life that you want to still be good to, right? Uh, When it comes to juggling, taking care of your sanity and also like trying to respect them, but like letting them know, hey, you can't be doing that to me. Like there's been times in my life, in my own family to where it's, it's like, man, I don't, I don't want to tell my sister, for example, don't do me like that. But at the same time, if you talk to this person, they take away your energy and take away your love, of, like your happiness. How do you do that? How do you deal with that? What do you do? I think you just got to communicate. I mean, like the, the scenario that you just painted, I mean, you're sister is taking your energy away she's harming you emotionally uh maybe without even knowing it or whatnot but you don't want to just sit there and have all those pent-up feelings inside you know what i mean like you need to express to her how you feel how you know you want things to change between the two of you and i know there's there there is going to be a delicate balance in in how you say things right and how you say it how you express it because then you don't want it to turn into a blowout fight, but yeah, I think still, you just gotta you well, gotta you gotta say something. You know, um, and Bibi, I definitely want to hear your take as well. One of the best pieces of advice that I tell people in this conversation is to go for a hike, be outside, be out in nature, and when you have a disagreement, if you have that ability, of course, that's where you talk it out. You never talk it out in the car to where they can kill your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Or in the kitchen, you know, but <laughs> no knives around. <laughs> yeah, talk it out somewhere to where you're with each other, but not necessarily having to look at each other, right? That's what I think a hike is. Bibi, what about you? What is your take? I think that that's a really good exercise to implement. I don't necessarily know if a lot of people take action on it. Like, I think that's very something I could definitely use when I'm frustrated. Like, okay, I'm going to go take a breather. Most importantly, though, when you're dealing with conflict with somebody else is being able to be empathetic to how they register and how they process information and frustration, because we're not we're not the same. Mm -hmm. So I, for instance, am someone that I used to think that I was someone I want to address this right now, but I realized that my. I would feel it so much in my body that I recognize I can't talk about this right now because I can easily, I call it the amygdala hijack. Control <laughs> is taken away. You literally, all you, all you see is like red flags everywhere and you don't have the emotional bandwidth. Realistically, you do not have the emotional bandwidth to address an issue when you are fired up. You're not listening. The logic is out the door. You're stressed. So I learned that for me, I need a minute. I might, going for a walk is great. Um, Maybe doing a breathing exercise. Maybe just adding it. Something that I did with my partner in the past was we had a TDL that my therapist told us. It's to discuss later notes in our shared folder. 
And it's like, okay, this is something that it's really, really heated, but you know what? We're going to TDL it. We're going to talk about it later and we'll come back to it. Okay. I'm, it's very difficult because I'm talking about relationships that are very at a conscious level. So if you have a relationship with your sister where you can be open and honest, and that's a beautiful space to kind of meet at, but that's not necessarily the case for everyone. Sometimes you're dealing with someone who's extremely frustrated, isn't listening or whatever. So when it comes to that space where you're like, I don't know if I'll be able to communicate my frustrations with this person, you have to be clear about the boundaries that you need in yes. order to, to resolve the, the issue. Yes. So, yeah, I believe like movement is a beautiful thing, you know, like taking a breather. But I've also been in situations with people who are able to stay calm and can speak about a difficult subject in the moment. Does that make you almost more annoyed when they can be calm and the other person may not be calm? You're like, how the hell are you so calm right now? Does that like it? <laughs> yeah, for me, it, it's been challenging extremely challenging um but it's understanding how both are so being able to say like hey i know you really want to address this right now can you can we go for a walk and talk about it finding a compromise yeah. you know I, um, baby, how you been but, on four how you been on four bachelor shows and they got booed up yet somebody marry this girl already come on now <laughs> guys step up um <laughs> i don't know i just think the stars didn't align i actually wanted to touch on uh, what you were saying, I totally agree. Like, for example, Mike, you were talking about you and your sister, for example, but how each person in the relationship handles conflict resolution is different. Like, I think yeah. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Rachel had to get used to me wanting to take a beat. You know what I mean? Like she wanted to solve it right there. We're going to talk about it, this and that. And it's like, I needed to remove myself from the situation, calm down, cooler heads will prevail and then come back together. And she was like, okay, so that's how he works. That like, I understand you better now. Like now I know how to act in the future. And I think that's, you know, just goes to show like the maturity of two individuals in a relationship when they can understand each other like that. Yeah. You know, the reason I got a roommate was because I had been single for like forever. And the downfall of being single and living by yourself for six, seven plus years is that you get stuck in your ways, right? And your way is the way and or the things that would annoy me, I didn't even recognize that they would annoy me, right? And my grandma was talking about me because I'm like, grandma, you know, I got a gray hair. What's up? I'm trying to, you know, get booed up or whatever. She's like, you're a clean freak. And I'll never forget <laughs> what she said there, right? And I was like, I need to have a roommate to get adjusted and hear a whole different subset of things and how to handle conflict resolution. So, mm. Brian, Bibby, I love both of y'all in that regard. But Bibby... Today, the conversation, the topic that, you know, you're the queen, queen bee to speak on is the importance of self-care in order to have healthy relationships, right? I think that you're the perfect woman to speak to in regards to this. And we briefly saw each other like for 0.2 seconds on Bachelor in Paradise uh, season six, but you afterwards have spoke about the depression that you went through. Can you tell us a little bit about that? How that was for you? Um, I think... <clears throat> It was probably one of the most emotionally challenging um, seasons of my life. And once, in many ways, I am not the only one that comes from, you know, bachelor world and then you, you're pulled back into reality and things don't work out. And so it was really difficult for me to navigate failure. 
because what we deem as success when you go on to the shows is finding a relationship and making it all the way to the end. And I think after my my you know my last show with Paradise, the reason why I really went back was because like I totally saw all the ways that like I needed to improve through these other shows. Like I I totally saw where I was not the person that I genuinely wanted to be. And so Paradise was really my opportunity to give it another shot. But I also do really believe that when you're not supposed to be somewhere, the universe was just gonna knock you out of it and rock your world until you rediscover exactly where you're going. And so my depression, I really do link it as like a rock bottom that allowed me to really navigate and understand like this is how I would like to live my life. This is where I have my peace. And I think that through the darkest of times, like through the hardest of times, even though it may feel like really, really, really difficult because I don't think any mental health or anxiety or anything comes lightly and you can just like brush under, it's a very heavy thing to deal with. Through those hard times is how you re rebuild your empire. And for me, it feels like my depression lasted even through my last relationship. You know, I can totally see the patterns, but I am in this space now where I'm welcoming the opportunity of my sadness or frustration as an avenue to grow. I, um, I started doing this program, it's called Pathwaves, and it's basically where they scan your brain it's called um, neuro, neuro empowerment, um, neuro feedback. So I sit down in this chair, it's this EEG machine, it reads, uh, reads my brain waves, and then it reads back my, it gives me back the same brain waves, but at 10% calmer. So it's like this really expensive, long process, but they're able to kind of, they were able to tell me like, this is why you feel so anxious because at an unconscious level, all your decisions are being read as life or death, like fight or flight, a lot of your things. And so mm -hmm. through this process, I've actually been able finally to get to this space of understanding that my emotions have nothing to do with me. I can actually sit here and observe that this is a bodily experience. So my frustration, it's a bodily experience. It's not me, it doesn't define me. My sadness is a bodily experience. It's an emotion that I need to work through. It's not me, it doesn't define me. My, you know, the failures, these outside material things, these are just things in my surroundings that aren't me. And I think like, when you're going through a really hard time, if you want to get better, that's all, that's the key to success. Just the simple desire of wanting to get better. So true. Are there things that you try that didn't work? I mean, obviously the neuroemotional mm -hmm. technique um, that you spoke yeah. about, I mean, obviously that's a, not, I don't think too many people go that route, but you did, but like are there other things that you tried that just didn't work or that's why you needed to take it to the next level? I'm such a perfectionist and I'm such a like, things need to happen now that one thing I did lack through my journey was patience. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, when you're with a skin routine or, you know, a creating a new habit, all of these things, it's just, it just takes time. So it's something that I really try to implement now. Like, you know, Rome wasn't built overnight. So yes. Yes. Um, meditation really helped me a lot. 
being able to sit on my cushion. And then I think that when it comes to healing, everybody has different things they believe in, but there's a, there's a special component when you tie in spirituality. So whether it's God, whether it's universe, whether, you know, you want to be a Buddhist, whatever spiritual thing you want to hold on to when it comes to healing, that actually catapults you into a better space. I think. You brought up meditation. Can you go back to that? And because I've tried it before, because I, I personally feel in my heart that it's something that I should be doing. But I've tried it, and baby, I ain't gonna lie to you. It's my mind is going a million miles per hour. Like, what are the basic steps in order to become better? Yeah, at give, give give us like a baby routine. That okay, so very people out simple. there can follow. Anybody that's new to meditation, I always say set a timer for one minute. That's all you need. Meditation is just a practice of awareness. So it's being aware that you are thinking of a hundred things per minute, but not letting your brain attach itself to that. So when I sit down and I close my eyes, I like to activate the vagus nerve. So it kind of like what, what calms your system. Brian, do you basically know? calms you down. Like it's, mm-hmm. yeah. It's connected like from the back of your head, I want to say, like to your stomach. So you activate it with your breathing. Mm-hmm. And you would essentially box breathing really helps. So you inhale for four, you hold for four, and then you exhale for four. And then you inhale for four, you hold for four, and then you exhale for four. So that's like a really good exercise to kind of bring yourself to the awareness. And you have to focus so much on inhaling for four and exhaling for four that that alone is a meditation because you're focusing on your the one thing only. Oh my God, I've meditated with asthma, with having an asthma attack. When I'm in the hospital, they tell me to focus and calm myself down just by paying attention to what's going on around me. That's it's- it, that's meditation. So people have this miscon- this idea that like meditation is being able to sit on a cushion for 30 minutes. I don't sit on a cushion for 30 minutes. That's like for the elite, you know, that's like the Olympics of med- meditators. I, I think that when you start small and then you build gradually and then you don't beat yourself up for it. There's often times where I've been so anxious that, um, you know, one of my yoga teachers actually advised me. She's like, meditation doesn't always have to be on a cushion. Meditation could be a walk where you don't bring your phone or you D&D your phone and you basically just observe everything around you. So the trees, the, the houses, if you're in a park, like just bringing in the nature around you. That's a form of meditation. It's just basically focusing on one thing. And then when, you know, when you do have a thought that clouds your mind, just imagine it like a cloud, just moving on along. So if you're on a cushion and you're, you know, you start with activating your breath, the the vagus nerve through your breath, and then you come back to a regular breathing, natural breathing, and then you just keep focusing on your breath, but then you start thinking like, oh, I have to, you know, I have the podcast on Wednesday and what am I, what's going to be my, my hot take for the week or something like that. You observe the thought versus engaging with the thought. So like, oh, I thought about the hot take. Okay, thank you. And you keep going. It's an exercise. Meditation is just getting your brain used to being present. I think that being present... Qu- is question, so baby. Overrated. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's so underrated. 
so like what like obviously you know getting out of this depression you learning all these new techniques to help your anxiety like what at what point where was like the aha moment like when did you start to feel everything like start turning around for you um i think that that's like uh it's it's like a roller coaster you know because healing and growth isn't isn't linear you know it's really it's really shaky and so i guess i used to have this idea that that aha moment comes and then it unlocks this level of your life where like you're cruising yeah it doesn't happen that way it's very like wow I'm smiling out of nowhere. I'm driving in the car. I feel this sense of gratitude. You just have this presence where you feel really like light in life. And then all of a sudden you get this unexpected bill the next day and you're like, where the hell did this come from? And you feel like what, what's happening. So those are the moments where you have to practice because life isn't always going to be Skittles and rainbow. I think I've had really elevated moments where I'm like, Oh shit, this is working. And then through those, those times where I feel like I'm going to get knocked out again, I just kind of embrace it. Like, this is why I work so hard. It's being consistent with your practice more than anything. When I'm not consistent with my practice, those things like getting the unexpected bill or someone hitting you, rear-ending you, or getting a parking ticket, those are, those are the times that I'm easily triggered by those things. But the moments that I'm consistent, regardless of how good it is, because sometimes when it goes really good, you're like, I got this. You want to be able to stick through it because life is life is life. And yes. I don't know about you all, but nobody prepared me for life in 30s. Like life really got so real for me so quickly. And all I keep thinking is like, I'm not ready for the next 10 years. Like, where was the manual for this? Facts. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, it's like, I wish I could go back to grade school where life was easier. Yeah, me and my friends were talking Honestly, about this today. No one taught us in grade school life. Like, when did you ever use quadratic formula? Teach never, me about never. life. Teach me about how to give myself grace when somebody rear ends me. Like you just said right there, Bibiana. That's, those are the things that we need to know. Give I, me the breathing exercises. Yes. Give me all the tools. Give me all of it. I love how you said... You had a, you know, you love watching yourself back on TV because you knew that isn't what you wanted, right? I haven't heard that perspective, but I think it's so introspective and we can all learn from you in that regard. Can you talk about the importance of finding and tuning into yourself and taking action on that? And then also giving us advice for those that don't have the ability to watch everything back on TV. Um... I think throughout a process of growing and evolving, what you need the most for yourself is compassion. And I was listening to an Oprah podcast the other day, and it's just like snippets of all these different interviews that she had. And I probably will mess up the way that she said it, but she said forgiveness comes when you release the hope that you had for the past. And I felt that because... You know, so often we look at our upbringing, you know, like only if only my family had X, I would be here. You know, if only my parents 
um, didn't this. have to, yeah, if only my parents didn't teach, like, would have taught me this. If only my parents didn't have to, like, leave their country to start a life here. Like, if only, if only, like, all these different things that, like, we have this hope and of what the past was or should have been. And that's a lot of unforgiveness. And I really recognized that I lack a sh- like so much compassion towards myself because I see these things from the past and it makes me cringe. Like it literally makes my stomach turn like, oh, like who was this person or who let me wear this or <laughs> how did I date this guy? Like there's so much resistance to it. And when, when, you're think- when you want to grow and you want to get to a different space, you have to really forgive yourself for those decisions, but also be compassionate and then celebrate even the slightest growth. You have to teach yourself how to celebrate. So one of the things that I work with my therapist is like, you make your bed in the the morning, you celebrate it. You send an email, you celebrate it. You do a workout, you celebrate it. We have to condition our brains to celebrate the smallest of wins. Because I do believe that we do live in a time where everyone's doing these extravagant big things. And as if like, that's the only way to happiness. Mm. Happiness is just a trained emotion. And so you don't need to have like, you don't need to have a million dollars in your bank account. You don't need to launch a new skincare brand. You don't need to be on the next top show. You don't need these like big successful things that we are only seeing. And this is literally, it's it's what we're training our minds to see. You don't need that to be happy. And so anyone that's going through a time in their life where they're like, I really want to change, start super small. You know, you want to change for the better, for yourself, for the people around you. Don't change for anyone else. Change for your own inner peace, whatever that looks like to you like for you, but start by celebrating the little things that you know make you feel good. And maybe some days it doesn't feel like you do a lot, but on those days, celebrate that you brushed your teeth, you know, celebrate that you took a shower, celebrate that you slept in a bed, you know, like life is really, really hard. It's all about that. You know how many people during COVID didn't take a shower? That's real. (laughs) There was a time I was so sad. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I feel like I'm like pumped up, Mike. What about you? I mean, baby, I you should be like a life coach, a motivational speaker. Like you're like dropping the, gems today. That's the path she's going down. But baby, uh, before we cut you off, what were you about to say right there? I there, there was a time where I felt like so anxious that I remember saying like, all you have to do today is take a shower and brush your teeth. That's all you have to do today. That's such good advice. And if that's all that you, that you do today, that's a, that's a win. That's a win. You know, it's been really difficult for me to be in a space where I think back to where I was like 20 years old and I had this idea exactly what my life was going to look like. Oh, I'm going to be a pro football cheerleader director. I'm going to work for the NFL. This is my job for life. And then when all of that changed, I was like, what do I do now? You know, what is the saying? God, you you make plans and God laughs. Oh, yeah. if, you make God, if you want to make God laugh, <laughs> tell him your plans. There you yeah. go. And a lot of what I've been working on is like, I woke up and I'm 33. Like, I think back to this time where I'm like, That's how did year. I wake up here? That's the best year, man. This is a good year. I hear, I hear. Um, and it can be very frustrating just 
you know, living in a space where, you know, everybody around my time is either getting married or having kids or, you know, super successful in their business. And I'm in this space where like, oh sh shit, what am, what am I doing with my life? But I think in those moments where you don't know if you're just interested enough in figuring it out, eventually it's like, it's like that. God always provides, you know, whether God, the universe, whatever you believe in. It's just the intention of continuous trying. And that's one thing that I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm always willing to learn. It may feel really difficult, but like always being willing to learn. And so. maybe like through your, you know, through the growth that you experienced, through your like, seems like you were enlightened with all this uh, mm -hmm. knowledge and, and power. How, how did that affect the relationships with your family and with your romantic relationships? So I grew a lot in my last relationship. I think he was a massive expander for me um, because he was such a patient human being. I had never been with anyone that was this patient, this kind. Like this guy was like, yo, I'm your partner. I don't know what, whatever it is that you're going through, go cry, go like do your two-year-old toddler tantrum, but I'm here. That was really expansive, you know, where I was like, oh, shit, this is real. Um, and then my my family, it's really difficult because that's the, mo the most challenging part. Mm -hmm. Like, you really put it to your test when you got to deal with family. And I'm not going to I'm not going to BS you. I've had some some hard times where like my sister and I fight and it's like, why are we fighting? Like, we're five years old. Like, this is insane. Um, but I think that I've changed a lot with my family in the sense where like, I see their pain, you know, before when I grew up with two sisters, I'm the middle child, like when to tell you that I'm baptized in middle child syndrome, I am, I am the, like, I'm the Rachel says child. the same thing all the time it is crazy. <laughs> And to step into that victim mindset, it's like I was born to do it. It's so crazy. Well, so now I'm, I've learned to kind of see their pain and see their own coping mechanisms to get through some of the shit that we've been through as a family. Mm -hmm. You know? Baby. It's powerful. Baby, uh, victim mindset is a, is a trigger for me, right? We all have what a trigger is. Mm -hmm. For those of us that because I think every single individual that has breathed God's green earth has been a had victim mindset of something. What is a quick checklist for us to get out of that and snap out of that quickly? Man, if you if you find it, you give it to me so quick. I'm gonna bottle Please it up right it. quick. I'm gonna bottle it up and like sell that thing. Cologne, and I'll be like, yeah. that, spray it. <laughs> um, I think this kind of goes. I would I would probably adapt something like what Brian does, where he needs to like you know cooler heads prevail. Victim mindset, I think, comes from like a little bit of a of a. If it's a trigger, it can turn into a temper. You know, like it could it could you you get so defensive. I not everybody, you know, but I think it's one of those things that you kind of have to try to understand that it's not this trigger isn't me. It's just a bodily experience, and then digging deeper as to why this really affected me, and. It's being, it's being able 
to meet the person that's making you feel this way or the situation with love. And that's not necessarily the easiest thing because there's been really tragic situations where you don't want to meet people with love, you know, where you actually, where they've actually harmed you, Mm. but it's choosing not to have that situation or this person or that emotion live in your head rent free. It, it, it really is. And it's very easier said than done. So I had something happen to me recently that, oh gosh, it was just not, I don't, it kind of made me feel like, how did I regress, you know? And I have a girlfriend and she's like, no, we're not going to let this get to you. Like process and keep going. And as I was sitting there meditating on it and all I was wishing for was like, for this to go away, to go away, to go away. I realized I was like, I'm not honoring my emotions right now. I'm not honoring whatever it is that this feeling is. And so um, I think it's really important to honor what makes you like what's hurting you right now, because you don't want to invalidate your emotions. But it's also very important to get to a space where you want to process and not react. And when you're in that victim mindset, it's really easy for you to just go like, we're at war, you know? understand that like it's just your brain right now trying to protect you and thinking that you're in like world war three or something and it's not like that and like i i've I've seen you you know you're starting to teach yoga and i mean i'm sure you you can help so many people with you know not only yoga the actual practice of yoga but everything that you're talking about i mean that's a hell of a combination right there um yeah i've been trying to figure out like what kind what type of yoga teacher i want to be and i think i'm just so fascinated about like the brain and how our emotions work that i I probably would want to navigate in that space of like giving people a calming experience and how to really connect their mind to their body but basically like i mean thank you guys for allowing me to speak and rant it's funny because i i was so nervous about this podcast but a lot of what i'm seeing is just things that i need as well and so sometimes he gets opportunities really present themselves. Like I'm only preaching the things that I know, like help me also. So this is also like a very like expansive experience for myself as well. Being authentically you and that's beautiful. So mm-hmm. we appreciate you for just doing that. And what's like next for you, Bibby? Like where, like, where do you want to like take this? Like what's your ideal situation moving forward? Brian, I wish I had a super direct, precise answer for you. I think that's one of the things that I'm working to let go. Like, it's totally okay to Let's not take have a day by day vision, you know, most importantly, now I want to follow this emotion, like follow what feels good. And then, you know, the, the road would pave its way. It's not, it's not the answer that the perfectionist in me wants to be able to say, but it's one that I'm, that I'm good with honoring because the things that I am doing right now feel good. So I would love to expand my yoga practice. I would love to connect with people in that way. Um, Maybe like lead a meditation, who knows? Like I have these ideas and visions and dreams that I'm just kind of waiting for for the stars to align. But as far as like retreats and meditation, um, like practices and maybe I start a blog and give people you know, accessible meditation for free. Like I want to do what everything that I'm learning, I want to just share, you know, share with the world because so many people like 
we don't have, you know, now we live in a time where information is so readily available, but even if it is, not a lot of people get the opportunity to tap into this because there's a lot of trauma out there. Yeah. You know, if I think my life is hard, like there's a lot of shit and a lot of us could really use just a lot more empathy and love and compassion. Bibby, thank you so much for coming onto the show and enlightening us. I mean, I think it was just such a inspirational motivational uh episode and you know i i encourage you to just keep doing what you're doing because i yes. think what you're doing can help so many people even as simple as some of the things you said like you need you need to take time for yourself because yes. at the end of the day it's that's what we have so, i literally feel lighter i've never yay. said that with one of our guests before i truly feel lighter right now yeah it's amazing thank you so much for that so appreciate you thank you Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been an honor. Mike, yo, Bibby, I love that conversation. She was dropping gems left and right. Just it, it, this episode was good for the soul. What it do you think? Hundred percent good for the soul. You know, Bibby is like the complete opposite. You know, when you meet people that they got on too much makeup, or you meet someone that tries too hard to be funny, or you meet someone that tries too hard to get attention. Bibi is just her and she radiates so beautifully. Yeah. It's like she like, knows herself, right? Yes. Like, like she's, she's, she's so good reached, in her skin. She's reached like a level of maturity that only people could aspire to. We call it Zen. Her level there is you Zen. Go. She had me saying happy Friday. <laughs> she didn't, Friday. You didn't even know what day it was after <laughs> talking to her. I don't know. What, what does that say? <laughs> she good at what she does. That's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> All right, guys, on that note, to all of our amazing listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Yes, and you know, we love to hear your opinions, your stories, and your insights. So please don't forget to like, comment, follow us on social at Talking Out Being. That's Talking Out Be as in Bachelor and as a nation on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, The Wondery App, or Baby, wherever you listen to right now. And don't forget, don't DM me no more. Hit that subscribe.